0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to ToledoCalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Turn with me in your Bibles, please, to Acts chapter 16 today. Acts chapter 16. We have been in a study of the book of Acts. We're working our way through. And I am just always kind of honored and amazed to watch the way that God takes his word, right? We're just, we're just working our way through the book of Acts and, and as we're doing this, how he lines it up right with things that are going on in people's lives. A friend of mine at the gym this week, he says to me, hey, what are you preaching on Sunday? And I says, well, I'm gonna talk about how to get divine direction and know what God wants you to do in your life. And he said, man, do I need to hear that. He says, I just, just yesterday I was thinking, how do I know what's right and what's wrong? What's the, what's the best thing for me to do? This week when I sat and talked with a, a really good friend who's, who's in the process of taking a new job and moving his family to another city, he's having to walk through, what, what's God's direction from my life? A friend of mine that called me just the other day, completely out of the blue, found out that his job was being eliminated. And now he goes, now what do I do? Where, where do I find myself now? I think for all of us, this idea of how do we get divine direction in our lives is something that is a, a relevant topic for us and it's where we find ourselves in the book of Acts. We, we've, we picked up last week in Acts chapter 15, and we told the story about how Paul and Barnabas, who had been kind of BFFs, they had been the ones that went out on Paul's first missionary journey. They had started these churches in brand new places. They were pioneer missionaries. We talked about the division that came between them and how Barnabas and, and his partner Mark went, Mark went one way, and then Paul put together a new missionary team with a guy named Silas, and they went another direction, and they started what scripturally we refer to as Paul's second missionary journey. There'll be three that we'll look at. This second missionary journey is where we're gonna be for the next couple of months as we work our way through the book of Acts and we watch how Paul goes from city to city, some he's been to before, some he's never been to before, preaching the gospel, starting churches, strengthening the church, and we'll see this as we go through Paul's second missionary journey. One of the things that we'll see is that in Acts chapter 16, today we're gonna look at four different stories And we're going to just do a drive-by on these four stories real quick. I want you to see how in each one of these instances, God directs Paul's life and how God moves Paul and gives Paul divine direction in some unique ways. I'll encourage you to read chapter 16 for yourself to kind of get the big picture of things. We're just looking at kind of a snapshot of this here today. And here's the deal. If you're here today and, and you're really not in need of direction... Like, you'd go, you know, my life's in a pretty stable place right now. Like, I'm in a place right now where I feel like things are pretty solid, and the only, the only real question that I have to figure out in my life today is where to go to lunch. And don't think about that right now. Eyes up here, okay? That's later. That's later. Don't let your stomach be your God. Track with me, okay? If that's your decision, then I think there's some relevant principles for you today. But unless I miss my guess, some of you are in a point where you're going, God, I need divine direction. And the fact that we're talking about this today, because I know it happened in, in previous service, God has a way of putting you right where you need to be and hearing just what you need to hear. You're not here by accident today. But God wants to speak to you about direction for your life. So today we're gonna look at three ways that we may be led by God. Three ways in which we may be led by God. We're gonna see it in these four stories as we unpack this in Acts chapter 16. We're looking at what God does to lead Paul in his life and let's jump right in. We're gonna look at three ways that we may be led by God. Acts chapter 16, verse one, it says, Paul came to Derbe and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him, that's Timothy, and Paul wanted to take him along on the journey. So Paul and Silas are traveling. They go back to the city called Lystra. This is one of the cities that, that they originally went to, Paul did his first missionary journey, started the church. In fact, most scholars believe that not only did Paul start the church, but that Timothy's grandmother and Timothy's mother and Timothy himself were all led to Christ by Paul. He's not just some missionary. He's actually their spiritual father. So he knows them. He's been gone for a while. He gets back and little Timmy has grown up and he's seen as a leader in the church now. And people all over the region are saying, there's something special about Timothy. He's involved in the church. God has his hand on his life. He's very gifted. They're speaking very well of him. And Paul says, look, this is a no-brainer. I want Timothy to come with me and Silas. I want him to be a part of our team because there's a call of God on his life and it just makes sense for him to come with us because he can get ministry experience. We can teach him more about God's word. He can develop as a leader. He can see some things he's never seen before. And Paul says, I just want to take him with us because this makes sense. Think about what you do not see in this passage. You do not not see Paul hearing the voice of an angel. And you do not see handwriting on the wall. And you do not see an email sent directly from God. You see Paul looking at a situation and Paul says to himself, You know what makes sense? Timothy should come with us. And this leads us to to what I think is is maybe the the first way that we can be led by God. Number one, you do what seems good. You look at a circumstance, you look at a situation, you look at the decision that you need to make and you do what seems good to do. Now that language is a little bit different. We wouldn't always use that language but, but I pulled that straight from scripture. Do you remember? we spent uh, quite a few of the last few weeks talking about the Council of Jerusalem where the church came together and they had to decide on some things. And when they got to that point, they had to write this letter to the churches that had questions. Do you remember this? We talked about this. and They had to write that letter. And when they wrote that letter, they said in verse 28 of Acts chapter 15, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. It said it seemed good. And sometimes when we're making a decision in life, the way that it begins for us is we have to say, this seems good. This seems like the right thing for us to do. Now some of you are going to be really disappointed. You heard me talk about divine direction and you were excited to hear what was coming next. And some of you, I'm glad we already took the offering because some of you would, would want your money back for today. But here's the deal. I just want you to know this. This does not sound super spiritual. But most of life's decisions are made by doing the thing that seems good to do. Most of the big decisions that you make in life, the day-to-day decisions that you make, they're made by doing the thing that seems good to do. Call it wisdom, call it experience. Sometimes it's based out of kindness or courtesy, morality or ethics. Sometimes it's this thing called common sense. Who thinks we should pray for more common sense? Oftentimes the decisions that we make that come our way are based on and, and, are, and are led by the thing that just seems good. So many times people will come and they'll go, Pastor, I have this huge decision I need to make. Will you help me? As if I have this crystal Bible I can open and look into the future, right? That's kind of the way they, they think about it. And I'll say, well, tell me about it. And I'll ask a few questions. And it usually doesn't take very long for me to be able to look at them and say, you know, it sounds to me like you already know what you should do. And they say, yes, I do. It's a matter of finding the courage or or the confidence or the obedience to do it. Now let's make sure we we clarify kind of a, a dangerous thing here right away because this is important. When I say it seems good, that could be a dangerous thing because sometimes what something seems to me is not always the right thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Bible says this, Proverbs 16, 25 says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. So sometimes for you and I, we need a bigger picture than just what my gut says. What is, what is the right thing? I want to lead you through a bit of a framework that will help us if you have to kind of say, well, what seems good in this situation? Now, for starters, we spent a couple of weeks talking about kind of this filter that we can use, in, in, especially in cultural issues where we talked about a GPS. Does anybody remember that? We talked about the G, and the letter G stands for? Oh, I love it. And, and we ask a question. Does this glorify God? The letter P stands for? People. You all must have been wonderful students. And, and when, we, when we talk about people, we talk about does this encourage or discourage other people? We talked about S, and the letter S is? You got a perfect 100%. That's awesome. And we ask the question, for myself, does this cause me to be closer to or further away from Jesus? But when I come up to a decision in life, hopefully, as I've developed as a follower of Christ, there's some questions that I probably ask myself that hopefully I even get to the point that I'm asking these questions automatically, that they're just a part of my life. Let me throw five of them your way. Here's here's a big question. What does God's word say about this decision? Because if this decision I wanna make, this choice I'm gonna make, is in conflict with God's word, then I can know right away that it's not from him. The truth is, if I'm looking at something and I say, well, it seems good to me that I lie in this situation. What does God's word say about that? God's word says don't, so it's not good. That's not the good thing to do. And oftentimes, and we'll get to this in a moment because God does do it, but oftentimes, we want God to give us very specific direction when the truth is, my experience has been that we move in the general direction of God's will, we do what his general word says, and then he can lead us in specific ways. So the first question is, what does God's word say about this decision? Second, do I have peace from the Holy Spirit about this decision? Like it seems like the right thing, it seems good for me to do this, but do I have a peace from God in my life? Can I sense the Spirit leading me in these steps on this journey that I can tell that He's directing me in this way? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like to have that peace from God about a decision? A a third thing, what do other people in my life that I trust think about this decision. Like what do other people? My friends, my family, there there may be times when you're making a decision and it's wise for you to talk to somebody who's had the same experience or maybe they're an expert in a certain area. Oftentimes, and I think this is really important, make sure that the people you talk to have the same spiritual principles and foundation that you have so that you know that that advice is coming filtered from the word of God. Here's the next question. What makes sense in this situation? Just ask the real basic question, does this make sense? Like is there, is there wisdom, is there natural wisdom in me doing this? Is, is it wise for me to do this? Does it make sense? Last question, am I being faithful to my calling with this decision? Look at some point you have to wrestle and begin with, what has God actually called me to do? What are my priorities? my priority as a provider for my family, my priority as a parent, my priority as a citizen, my priority as a Christian. If I take this step, if I do this thing, does it somehow distract me from the bigger picture of what God has for me to do? Would it rob me from something that he desires to see happen in my future? How does this help me to be faithful to my calling? And here's the thing I don't want you to miss. We're gonna walk through these next three stories. And in these next three stories from the book of Acts chapter 16, you're gonna see a little bit more specific direction from God, but in every one of these stories, God's specific direction that comes to them starts with them doing the thing that seemed good for them to do. They just did what they thought they were supposed to be doing. Not because they got a green light from God, but because in their spirit, they knew this was the right thing for me to do. You will not receive divine direction unless you are willing to take human action. I think so many times we want God to just zap us on our couch and say, get up and do this when usually God's, God's waiting for you to get off the couch before he can lead you. Does that make sense? I remember when I was in college, our pastor used to say this, and it, and it just has stuck with me. He said, when you're looking for God's will, when you're looking for God's direction in your life, remember this, God can't steer a parked car. Like when your car's parked, it's not going anywhere. And it's hard to turn that wheel, and even if you turn it, you're not going to go in any direction. Your car won't move until you put that thing in gear, true? Even if that gear's neutral and you're moving, then you can begin to steer. But if you're just stuck in a place, then, then God has a very hard time directing and leading you. At some point, you have to start taking those steps and doing what seems good to do to you and the Holy Spirit. With that in mind, with that first principle in mind, let's move on to the second one. Paul and his posse, that's the Greek word, Paul and his posse <laughs> are moving forward, doing what seemed good, and watch what happens next. Acts chapter 16, verse eight or six, excuse me. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, watch this, during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel Now this is wild because in this situation where Paul's looking for wisdom, God literally gives to him a vision of a person from the place he's supposed to go saying, come over to us and help us. Does that sound like a clear divine direction to you? That's powerful. And know this in your life. Number two, be available for divine appointments. I really believe that there will be times when God will work in a way and give us real clarity in what he has for us to do and he will lead us by way of divine appointments. A divine appointment is when God divinely leads us in a specific area of our lives where somehow we just look and we know that God very clearly, whether it was through another person or through somehow he spoke to us or he gave us clarity in something, that God leads us divinely. Have you ever looked at a place in your life and just said, I know God did that? Anybody? Yes. Right? That, that's a powerful thing. God often uses divine appointments to accomplish his purposes in our lives. That when we entrust our lives to him, we put ourselves in a place where he can lead us by means of a divine appointment. He will often use those things. So we ask the question, well, what does a divine appointment look like? Maybe you've never had one. Let's look at two stories in the book of Acts to see what they look like. First, the one we just read helps us to see that some divine appointments are supernatural. Sometimes God God does things that you you cannot describe as anything but just supernatural. They they are clearly, directly from God. Now many of us have never heard an audible voice from God. We've probably never seen a vision of any kind. And yet God has clearly given us direction in our lives, even if it wasn't in a physical sense, we knew it was him, and we don't know exactly all the ways in which God directed Paul in this passage, but what we can assume in some certain ways, and it's some of the same ways that God speaks to us. God may lead us, and I'll give you a few of these, God may lead us by means of an inner sense of direction, where we just sense in our spirit, and I think that the more time you spend in God's presence, the more you ask for him to speak to you, the more you open yourself up, through his word and through time and prayer to be directed by him, you begin to develop this inner sense of God's direction. In fact, it's, it's probably the most common way, as we get to know the leading of the Holy Spirit, that he will give us kind of this divine direction. He'll give us certainty, he'll give us peace, he'll give us confirmation. And my experience is that when we are looking for some kind of divine appointment from God, they usually begin in this way, where if you're open to it, you say, God, will you, will you lead me? It'll begin with this inner sense of direction. And then oftentimes, it's, it's followed by another means of confirmation, like, like some of these. Like God may lead us by means of an inner sense of direction, but God may also lead us by the word of God. Have you ever been reading something in scripture and it just jumped off the page to you? Anybody? Like you're like, wow, those aren't just words. Those are God's words coming to me encouraging me, challenging me, convicting me, strengthening me, helping me. It, hap- it happened to me just, just this week. I was reading God's word and there was this thing that just grabbed me. And I was like, I know that that's more than just words on a page. That's the spirit of God confirming something in my life. Look, it may happen when you're hearing God's word. It may happen when you're, when you're sitting in a sermon. I'll tell you, when it happens the most frequently and powerfully is when you spend time for yourself in God's word and allow him to speak to you. God may also lead us by means of prophetic revelation. By means of prophetic revelation. There are times when someone may directly speak a word of God to you. It could happen in a public setting, it could happen in a one-on-one setting, but where someone has been led by God to speak directly to you in a way that is powerful and clear and gives you some guidance in your life. A couple of things about that. My experience has been that if someone is speaking a a prophetic word in some way, especially if your heart is right with God. Now sometimes that word can be a word of challenge that kind of throws us off. But If your heart is right with God, if somebody speaks a prophetic word to you, it will typically be a word of confirmation to something that God is already beginning to work in your spirit, that inner sense of direction. Does that make sense? And be careful because if somebody speaks a prophetic word to you, and this is where it gets tricky, because, because if somebody comes up to you and says, I have a word from God for you, it's really tough to say, now you don't." Know. Like That's tough, right? Because who, who are you to say that God did, you know, and so, but the problem is, sometimes people can use that opening phrase, I have a word from God for you, as a power play. So if they have a word from God, it will line up with the word of God. And if it doesn't line up with the word of God, it's not prophetic revelation, it's pathetic revelation. There's a difference, (laughs) right? Okay, so it'll line up with God's word. Here's another thing. God may lead us by means of external circumstances. We'll see this here in just a moment. God will direct our paths in a way where he just leads us to something that we go, that was a divine appointment. He lines things up. Last one, sometimes God may lead us by means of dreams and visions. This is what happens to Paul in this passage. He has a vision of a man from Macedonia. We don't know if it was a real person or if it was just somebody that Paul could tell by their dress or their speech that that's where they were from that said, come to us and help us. I don't know if you've ever had anything like this. I've had probably a couple times in my life when I've had a dream that I just know very clearly was God confirming something in my life, leading me in a certain way. Sometimes God will do that. And if God has given you some kind of divine appointment, supernatural direction. What do you do? Look, we we could unpack this in a whole nother sermon. Let me just tell it to you this way. Act on that thing. Don't just sit there. If God's given you a divine appointment, I love what it says that Paul had the vision in verse nine and in verse 10, it says they packed up and they went because they knew that God was calling them to do something. So many times we can have that divine appointment and then we begin to talk ourselves out of it. Does that make sense? I don't know if God really meant that, or I don't know if I can really do this, or I don't know if it's the right timing. If God's put this in your heart, then you begin to do what seems good to you in the Holy Spirit, and you move on that. Some divine appointments are supernatural. On the other hand, some divine appointments are naturally super. Some are supernatural, and some are naturally supernatural. Super. There are things that just seem to happen in the, in, the, in the normal course of things. It's just what naturally happens. Sometimes we'll call them coincidences, but they're so much more than a coincidence. They're God divinely doing something in our lives. So Paul gets this vision. He and the, and the team pack up. They head by boat to the region of Macedonia. They go to the leading city that they get to called Philippi, and we read this. Acts chapter 16, verse 13. On the Sabbath... We went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. Do you know why they did that? Because in a Jewish community, they would look for the place of prayer, sometimes called a synagogue in Israel. It was a place where the Jewish people would come for teaching and for prayer. It was usually by a river or a body of water because there would be ritual cleanings and baptisms that they would do. Do you know why they went there? Because that's what seemed good to them to do. They were taking the first step. They were being obedient in what they thought God would have for them to do, that's step one. Here's step two, watch what happens, verse 14. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira, named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth, she was a worshiper of God, The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she saw the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house, and she persuaded us. She's from Thyatira, which is an interesting city. They were specialists there, and she was as well in dyeing cloths purple. Why was that important? because if you were wealthy, do you know what color you wore to show how much wealth you had? Purple. Because it was difficult to get the dye from these seashells that they would use from from mollusks to be able to dye the, the purple dye. It was a very valuable thing. So that means that Lydia had a very profitable occupation which means she probably had some means That's why she had a house that was big enough to be able to have Paul and his team come and stay there with her. They needed a place to stay and they probably needed somebody to help them finance their ministry and God gave them a divine appointment as they were just doing what seemed good to them to do to help them and to line up exactly what they needed. Please know this in your life. What looks like natural coincidence is often divine intervention. And I would encourage you, don't be quick to call something a coincidence when it might be God who's doing it. Does that make sense? Have you ever had this happen where you just like meet somebody in a certain way or you interact with somebody or your paths cross with somebody you know and you just say to yourself, God had to make that happen. Anybody? Raise your hands. Right? There's these times where you just know that was a divine appointment. Now here's the deal. We must learn to identify and make the most of the divine appointments in our lives. When it happens to you, don't talk yourself out of it. There's times when you might have a sense, and you, and you might go, I think that might be a divine appointment, and you feel like maybe you're supposed to speak, speak about your faith to that person, or share a word of encouragement with them, or serve them in some way, whether you know them or not. You, you feel like the Spirit might be leading you to move in some way to show him to that person, and then you say to yourself, but what if he's not? What if that's not really God? What if that's just me in my head? And I'll tell you what, I've kind of come to the point where I need to say to myself, I would rather assume that's a divine appointment and be wrong than think it's not a divine appointment and miss what God wants to do in my life. Anybody? So we must learn to identify these things and then have the faith and courage to move on them. So sometimes God will lead us as we simply just do what seems good And sometimes God will lead us if we're available for divine appointments. And then there's the third one. Let's go back. You remember Paul had the vision of the man from Macedonia. But there were a few verses here in Acts 16 before he had the vision. Go back to verse 6 and look at this. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. And when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. These guys weren't doing anything wrong. They're out trying to do what seemed good to them, They are preaching the gospel. They are starting churches. They are leading people to Jesus. Heaven is getting more people because of what they're doing. And as they're trying to do it, God says, nope, stop, freeze, hit the brakes. Don't go there. Slow down. Don't go there. How frustrating would that be? Have you ever felt like you'd hit a roadblock on something? Anybody? And you're like, why can I not just move through this? And over and over again, we read in this passage that when they were trying to do what seemed good to them, God, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, it says, kept blocking their path. They kept getting a divine no. In verse nine, they'll get the divine yes, go to Macedonia. But repeatedly before that happened, they kept getting the divine no Some of you know what that's like. You're looking for divine direction and it just seems like God is silent or even more frustrating. It may seem like God's telling you no. Number three, sometimes God will lead us and we must be faithful in divine disappointments. We're always looking for divine appointments. Sometimes there's a divine disappointment. It says that God was setting this up for them, that, that it was the Holy Spirit, that it was the Spirit of Jesus. That's God's Spirit, some different ways of saying he was leading them. How do you get a divine no? Oftentimes, it's the same way you get the divine yes that we talked about already, the inner sense of direction, the word of God, prophetic revelation, external circumstances, it's a vision. And direction sometimes comes through a divine No that we may wanna go in a certain direction and it can be frustrating, it can be discouraging, it can be a disappointment, but sometimes God's direction will come in that way. We all want God to just clearly show us what it is he has for us to do, and yet sometimes before we can get to that point, we have to walk through a frustrating process to get there. Anybody? We're not as excited to talk about that, are we? Your amen's just toned down an awful lot. I think this is really important. There's a principle here. We all want the vision of the man from Macedonia. We all want God to just so clearly help us. Some of you want to take a nap right now in church so God can show you in a dream exactly what he wants for you to do. Sometimes it doesn't, and some of you are, and sometimes it doesn't happen like that. Look, if you want to hear the divine yes, you must be willing to listen to the divine no. Because sometimes God has to walk us through a process to see if we'll be obedient before he can trust us with the big things he wants to release into our lives. Because if he can trust you when he says no, then he knows he can trust you when he opens up the yes. Look, a couple of things. Being led by the Spirit may mean seasons of waiting or even uncertainty. If you're going to be led by the Spirit, and we don't, we don't like to say this sometimes. We like to say that if, being le- if we're being led by the Spirit, then every day's an adventure. Then every day we wake up with a new hill to climb and a mountain to take. The truth is sometimes if you're led by the Spirit, it may come with a season of uncertainty and maybe even frustration, a lack of clarity. That's exactly what happened to Paul here. You know, we, we've had, and I'll, I'll share a story here in just a minute, but we've had this tremendous experience that, that since the, the church bought this building in 2010 and moved here in 2012, God has allowed us to see literally, we, we've doubled in size as a church. Our outreach and missions has grown. Our, our reach into the community has grown. God has allowed us to see this in all kinds of different ways. But a lot of you know that we still own our former property on Glendale Avenue. We've been trying to sell that for six years. And there's been multiple times where we thought the building was sold and then what happens is we get a divine no, that there's a disappointment that comes in and somehow what we were banking on, we didn't see happen. Now God has been really faithful and we're thankful for the tenants that have been in our building because financially that's been a blessing to us as a church and the building has continued through a school and the churches that have been there to be able to have an influence that's very healthy and meaningful and for God's kingdom in the community. So we're thankful for that. But we still wanna sell a building because the liability of that building not to mention the resource that would come to us has actually in some ways as we look to the future, like we're, we're thankful for the renovation we've been able to do, but as we look to the future, we say there's a bit of a hindrance until Glendale sells. We see that there. And so every time you think it's gonna sell, you go, yippee, here we go. And then there's a divine no. Is it disappointing? Yeah, at times for sure. But you also know that God is in the midst of that somewhere, right? Does that make sense? And so you trust him, and you know he'll provide. And even though you have a lack of clarity, you can know that in him you have certainty. Even now, there's some things that are happening with the building that we, we we like to believe this is God leading us. We're praying for that. We're moving in that direction. Will you pray with us for the sale of that property? Not just for us, but for the we we believe God wants to use that continue to build His kingdom. Will you join with us in prayer? Yes. Six of you. I love it. God can. We're two or more are gathered. So awesome. That's great. But look, understand this, are we frustrated? No, because we, we trust God. And even when we don't have that clarity, we know that we can put our hope in him. When we do not have clarity in our direction, we can still have certainty in our God, amen? We can trust him even in the midst of those things. When we were buying this building back in 2010 and God had been just, just leading us in a powerful way, we had this moment in the fall of 2010 where the door just slammed shut I remember this roadblock just came up in front of us that I was disappointed was an understatement. Not because of what I thought we would get, but because of what I thought God was doing. And I remember in the midst of that, when it looked like hope was gone for us to move forward in that direction, God, God, I honestly believe, divinely led me to this passage in Psalm 37. And for some of you, if you're living in a divine disappointment right now, you might want to write this scripture down. Psalm 37, verse 3. You might not just want to write it down. You might want to memorize it. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently. There's your two favorite words, right? (laughs) Wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Look, there are times when you're moving in a certain direction and you face a divine disappointment and it may be that God has given you the divine no, and sometimes those disappointments come from a source other than God. Sometimes direction comes through opposition, that opposition comes our way, and God can even use that to bring direction. I'd encourage you to read Acts chapter 16 for yourself, especially as you start with verse 16, because that's where we're gonna be the next time we get into the book of Acts, and the story that's there, just to give you a snapshot of it, is there's this slave girl, And we we assume that she's fairly young, and the other thing we know about her is that she's demon-possessed. She has a demon in her. And that demon in her has given her the ability to to convince people that she's telling the future about things. So the people that own her use her to make money because they say, come to us, and our girl will tell the future for your life. She was a fortune teller, if you would. Well, she begins following Paul and Silas around as they're just doing what seems good and preaching in Philippi. And she begins to follow them around and say, these men are servants of the most high God. You should listen to them. But she's a demon girl. Now, it's nice of what she's saying, but how would you like it if a demon followed you around and said, boy, Bob's great. Wouldn't you love that? (laughs) And at some point, Paul got sick of it. He said, after a few days, he turns, he points his finger at her and says, get out of here. And the demon comes out of her, which is great for her, but terrible for the people that she was a slave to because they just lost their income, does that make sense? So they get mad, and they go tell the authorities on Paul and Silas, and when you get to verse 24 of Acts chapter 16, you find Paul and Silas in prison. They were just preaching. All they wanted to do was preach, and they got demonic opposition on the left and then human opposition on the right. You ever woke up to a day like that? (laughs) They were just trying to do what they needed to do, and both from hell and earth came opposition against them and they landed in prison, and they weren't looking for that that day. What's funny is that when they got there, I don't think God caused that. How many times are we quick to go, well, God caused this, or God caused that? Look, it was the devil and people coming against them, but when they got there, and I'll let you read it for yourself, we'll get there in a couple of weeks, when they are in prison, it's when God can do the miracle that changes the face of the church in Philippi. This is an important thing for you to see, and to understand God may allow divine disappointments to accomplish His purposes in our lives. You may be facing a divine disappointment. Maybe it comes through opposition from the devil. Maybe it comes through opposition from other people. Maybe it's even a divine no that you feel like the Spirit is is, is blocking something in your life. God may allow divine disappointments to accomplish His purposes in our lives. When you get there, remember Psalm 37, 34, don't be impatient for the Lord to act. Travel steadily along his path. He will honor you, giving you the land. You will see the wicked destroyed. Look, some of you are in a season of divine disappointment. Please know this, your disappointment could be a divine appointment. And maybe it's only from the place of your disappointment that God is able to work the miracle that he wants to do in your life. And so we've talked today, sometimes God will lead us when we're just doing what seems good. Sometimes God will lead us in in fun and exciting ways through a divine appointment. And sometimes God may even be in the process of leading us and we have to be faithful in the midst of that divine disappointment. And it's in those seasons that we have to trust him. I don't know where you're at or what this looks like for you. And maybe for some of you, you're just like, oh, this is good, I'll I'll remember this or I'll, I'll pass it on to somebody else. But maybe some of you are right there right now Let me show you something that has helped me. A couple of the guys from the worship team are gonna help me out here and uh, bring up this picture. This has hung in my office for the last um, six years and um, is really meaningful to me. In fact, a lot of times when I'm kind of talking with people about certain things and situations in their lives, that's a good move, guys. Um, I'll uh, I'll point to this. Thanks, guys. Back in 2010, when we were in the process of um, buying the building here, And we had hit some different roadblocks and we were trying to figure out what God might want to do. I remember I was having breakfast with a friend who I really trusted and, and, and appreciated his insight and we were talking through some things. And I was sharing with him just kind of some uncertainty and even fears that I had. And I remember he looked at me and he says, you know, sometimes when you're walking with God, sometimes when you're looking for divine direction, sometimes following God is like taking a walk on a foggy day. And he said, sometimes you just have to look outside and you can say, look, I can't see everything that's ahead, but I can see what the next step is. And you have to take that next step And believe that when you take that next step, you'll be able to see what you need to see for the next step. And then you'll be able to see what you need to see for the next step. And then if you hit a roadblock, that's okay. Just what's the way around it? If you run into a wall, figure out, how do I get through this? There may even be times where you says, look, it's time for me to go back in this place, but that's okay. Don't let it keep you from walking. Even if you can't see what's ahead, Trust God that he's leading you, that he's holding your hand all along and believe that at the end he knows what he's doing and for now you're just taking a walk on a foggy day. And it was shortly after this that I saw this painting and I said, man, I gotta have this because you really can't see what's at the end of this thing but you gotta believe that what's there is God and his plan for your life. And so you keep taking one step after the other and you take that walk even if it seems like you're on a foggy day. That's where Paul was. How do you do that? You you have to be led by the Holy Spirit. You have to say, Spirit, will you lead me? Will you guide me? It's the Holy Spirit. It's God's Spirit who leads us. It even says it's the Spirit of Jesus that led him. The one who loves you and died for you and cares for you. And you can put your trust and your confidence in him. Maybe another analogy from nature will help us a little bit. There's a song that I would guess many of us are familiar with called Oceans. The lyrics are compelling. They're beautiful. I think the bridge is especially powerful. And it says, You call me out upon the waters, the great unknown where feet may fail. And there I find you in the mystery, in oceans deep, my faith will stand. Your grace abounds in deepest waters. Your sovereign hand will be my guide. Where feet may fail and fear surrounds me, you've never failed, and you won't start now. So I will call upon your name, and keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace. For I am yours, and you are mine. And I'm going to ask you to stand with me if you would, please. And as you're standing, just, just here's my question. Would you say, if, if you're here in this room, or even if you're watching online, if you'd say, I need divine direction from God today, would you just raise your hand? Somewhere, something we've talked about today, you're like, man, God, I needed to hear that today. The bridge to this song in particular is really powerful. It says, spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my savior. And so here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna invite you, the worship team's gonna begin to sing that bridge, that part I just read. And I'm gonna invite you, if you're here today and you would say, God, I need divine direction in my life. I'm gonna invite you to step out of your seat and come and find a place to stand down here at the front. And you might say to yourself, well, I can pray where I'm at. I don't have to come down there. And that's completely true. But I honestly believe this, that there are times when a spiritual experience requires a physical response. But you need to take a step of faith. And look, if you won't take this step, how do you think you're gonna be able to take the next one? For some of you, you need to be in the presence of God and seal the deal today and say, God, I will follow your divine direction so we're going to sing this song make these words your prayer spirit lead me where my trust is without borders and if you're here today and you would say it's a long walk it's a big room there's not much space don't rob yourself of something that God wants to do in your heart today if you need to move in a way to say God I need your divine direction I'm going to invite you to step out of your seat and come Father thank you for your word spirit would you lead us would you guide us so that we could sense and know your direction here today, in Jesus' name, Amen. If that's you, as you sing, would you come? Thank you. Let's make this our prayer. Spirit lead. As you come, could you move towards the middle so that we can make room for our friends who are coming? lot more than just taking a quick little walk before you go home look you are right now not having an emotional response you are right now in the presence of God right here the Holy Spirit is here right now the same Holy Spirit that guided and directed Paul is right here right now the Spirit of Jesus is here right now that you can encounter in the midst of this 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 place where you need direction Look, God is here right now the same God that took Paul's disappointment and turned it into a miracle And so what we're about to do right now in these next few moments is not just some emotional exercise. Don't take this for granted. God's spirit is here right now. And whether that be you there down here at the front or some of us that probably say, ah, I probably should be, or maybe you're watching online, I want to pray in two very specific ways. The first is this, that for some of you, as we've talked about this divine direction today, it has stirred something in you to say, okay, God, I'll do it. Like, he's, he's been speaking to you about taking a step of faith or moving in a certain way or having the courage or the, the commitment or the confidence to do something. That may be surrendering your life to him. It may be taking a bold step. It may be sharing your faith. You know what it is. But if God's speaking in your heart, and today, what you need to do is say, okay, God, I'll do it. You've given me divine direction. I'll step in that way. If that's you, just raise your hand. Whether you're down front, anywhere. Like, like if that's you, just that's it. That's where I'm at today. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. God, I thank you for your word that just speaks to us where we are. Lord, and it's, it's not by accident that Holy Spirit, you've stirred in some of our lives here today. And Some of us have a hand raised to say, God, I will follow your direction. God, I will take your lead. I will move in that space. God, I will do what you have put in my heart to do. God, I pray that in this moment, you would give to them confidence. Lord, that you would help them to be strong and courageous and know that you are with them wherever they go. God, that you would give us a confirmation. And Lord, that when we step away from this altar and we begin to ask the question, did did God really mean that? And am I really supposed to do that? Will God really help me? That we won't question that, but instead we will take bold steps of faith, trusting in you as you lead us and we follow your direction in Jesus' name. Amen you know what's key one of the things that, that, we, that we didn't talk about because we ran out of time so we'll talk about it now when we're already out of time was that God gave Paul that really clear vision of going to Macedonia and then when you read you read the rest of that chapter and you get to chapter 17 guess what happens to him every, every place he goes in Macedonia he faces opposition and when he faced that opposition he didn't give up you know why he didn't give up because he knew God had called him there And what just happened for some of you right here in this moment was that God gave you confirmation about what he's putting in your heart to do. And you know the reason he did that? So that when you faced opposition, you wouldn't give up either. Okay, let's pray one other really specific way. Some of you, when you heard this message today, it stirred something in you because you've been in a season of divine disappointment you know what it's like to feel like doors are closing on you or you know what it's like to feel like you're getting opposition maybe from the devil maybe from other people maybe even from yourself you're just facing this thing maybe you're lacking clarity maybe you're frustrated maybe you're even wondering where's God in this circumstance and you needed to hear today that even in the midst of divine disappointment God is still leading you and giving you direction if that's you just raise your hand all throughout the building anybody that's you okay let's pray father we come to you Lord, thanks for your word that tells us that even when we lack certainty, God, you are always certain. Even when we lack clarity, God, you're still guiding and directing us. Somebody here today is facing clearly demonic opposition. God, would you give them peace in their spirit? God, somebody here knows what it's like to have people pushing against them. God, would you give them confidence in you? Lord, some of us know what it's like to be frustrated because we feel like we're not moving forward, like things are stuck, like it's not going in the direction that we need it to go. In Jesus' name, would you give confidence today to know that even in seasons of frustration, you are the faithful God who leads his faithful people. And so God, we trust in you. Lord, we ask that you would give by your Spirit's presence the same Spirit that led Paul, the same Spirit of Jesus that speaks throughout Scripture. Would you speak to us today? Would you help us to know by faith in you that even what seems like a disappointment today may be the very way that you're setting up a miracle for us as we look to you? so God we praise you today we thank you today we we look to your divine direction here today knowing that we can trust you as you lead us God may this be an altar that we can come back to that in the moments of frustration in the moments of opposition in the moments of disappointment we would trust you and believe for your divine direction in our lives in Jesus name now Lord as we go from here we ask that you'd go with us Father, would you send us out with your special favor, with your wonderful peace, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, look, if you're down here at the front, don't don't feel like you have to hustle out. If you need to pray for a few minutes, if you wanna encourage one another, pray with one another, please do that. Thanks for being here today. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.